Hi, this is Mitch. This is my Tuesday afternoon podcast. This is episode eight. Thank you for joining me today. In this podcast, the podcast is completely unscripted. I record it on Tuesday, usually Tuesday mornings. It's a little later. It's uh, almost 1230 today on Tuesday Eastern time. I just talk about whatever is on my mind, whatever I thought about for the week. Uh, I'm doing this intentionally. It's an exercise for myself to uh, sort of discover my voice, to discover my authentic self, to see if that's of any value to any listeners, to, um, you know, to, to just kind of talk like a conversation, like I would talk if I were having a chat with my wife or a family member or a friend, except there's nobody chatting with me yet. It's just me chatting to you. But that's the that's what this podcast is all about. And it seems in these eight episodes, or this the seven episodes leading to this eighth episode, it does seem for the past several weeks my life has been focused on many things, but in terms of the podcast, I, I seem to be focused on politics and self-improvement. Two things that you would think couldn't exist at the same time. You would think they would be exclusive to each other. Um, but apparently, and I, I feel that way too, and that's why I am stumbling over my words right now, because they politics and becoming a, your best self, especially in this era of GOP madness, it, it seems that those are mutually exclusive. But that just happens to be what's happening, and I, I hope discussing it is of some value to you. So I don't know if I'm going to stay there. Hopefully some other things will happen that'll be worthy of this podcast. But for now, let's kind of start there, okay? Let's talk about politics a little bit. Um, and let's talk about hypnosis. I talked about hypnosis a little bit last week, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit more today. So I came across a post on Twitter today. That's where I, you know, I do use Twitter. I know people hate Twitter. I know Twitter as a company has a plethora of issues. Um, I have, I wouldn't say I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter. I I like Twitter. I, I don't like how, I don't like how volatile Twitter can become at times. It's certainly the angriest social media space that I've spent time in, although I think you can not be angry on Twitter and, and, and change the energy for yourself. Like all social media sites, I don't like that disinformation is propagated on Twitter, especially extremist disinformation. I, I think Twitter, perhaps I'm the only one, I think Twitter is doing a much better job than they did in the past managing disinformation. You know, every once in a while, something I post that is very factual gets flagged on Twitter, but I'm willing to accept that, that quote-unquote violation of my thoughts being published because it gets tagged as misinformation. I'm willing to put up with that if, you know, Twitter's trying, right? If there's an algorithm that's actually looking for you know, extremist bullshit. I'd prefer to get censored a bit 
just so we can have some sense of truth on there. And this isn't it wasn't supposed to be a podcast about Twitter today, but I guess I'm getting sidetracked. But if you, um, I find that if you, if you follow credible journalists, if you're using Twitter to 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 follow the news, to see breaking news, sometimes before a journalist or a reporter publishes their story or immediately after, it, it's a useful source. But you have to follow credible journalists, journalists that spew misinformation. Most Fox News reporters, um, all OAN reporters, all Newsmax reporters, you know, um, most armchair GOP influencers on the space are going to be full of shit. Um, I'm sure there's certainly some of us on the left that propagate misinformation, but it's it's not comparable to the lies and the nonsense that's filtered, that's unfiltered out by the right. Um, so, you know, Twitter can be a useful source if you, you know, you do the work. And then if you see a story that is questionable, you have to do the work and go online and, and, and make sure it's real. Make sure it's a real, you know, if there's a, if there's a story without a link to a credible news site, then, um, you know, you gotta. I often am finding myself going, seeing something that I find intriguing, but thinking this could be bullshit, and I kind of need to check this out. So there's that. But anyway, so I came across a post on Twitter today, and a this was obviously from somebody who leans toward the Republican Republicans. Uh, they tweeted a, a clip and of, of um, a video clip of uh, Jill Biden. And Jill was being interviewed. And basically the interviewer, the clip was cut, so you couldn't see the context before or after, which, you know, is, is fine sometimes. And basically Jill, the interviewer asked, said, look, are there any books, are there books that should be, I'm paraphrasing here, that shouldn't be in, in our libraries? And Jill said, no, all books should be in libraries. This is America. We don't ban books. Well, the person who tweeted this out, I almost made an argument that this, I don't think he said this. I think I just thought that this was what he was saying. So I don't want to, I don't want to spread fake news. Um, But it felt like he was almost saying this would be a great GOP attack ad for the midterms. And he did talk about what he did talk about specifically is how that clip, Jill Biden's words, were proof that basically the Democrats were sexualizing small children and grooming them, quote unquote. So, you know, I, 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 I saw this. I, I didn't get upset. Um, I just, you know what it is, I'm, and I know the GOP Republicans have been pushing this narrative for a while, this almost, I mean, it's, it's, it's laughable, but yet they do it, you know what I mean, this narrative that because the left and the center of the country has accepted people who are gay, people who are trans, because, you know, rational, decent, 
sensible people have accepted the fact that and acknowledged the fact that gay people, trans people are human beings, just like heterosexual people are, that they have rights just like every other citizen has, should have rights just like every other citizen has because, you know, we are quote unquote woke and woke means because we are decent human beings acknowledging the existence and the value and the validity of other decent human beings that means well, and it's the narrative, the political narrative, that means that we are somehow sexually, all of us, you know, sexually debased. And of course, if you really want to scare people, then you focus that on children, right? We are all a bunch of sexual deviants, apparently, according to the GOP, focused on grooming kids. Now, it's, it's not the stupidity of the argument that strikes me because we're, we're so far down the rabbit hole of nonsensical stupidity. I mean, so far beyond like fake Christian piety at this point that you, you, it's not that they do this, that they say this stuff that stuns me. What stuns me is that there are people out there who are not necessarily part of the Republican political machine, but are just people who believe this, who, you know what I mean? It's, it's, and it's not even like it's, it's an intelligent form of brainwashing. It, 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 it appeals to, you know, the lowest common denominator of adult human intellect, just, you know, be mad, be hateful, be scared, be very afraid, scared. The Democrats are going to get you. I mean, it's, it's, it, and it's so obviously not real. I, I just, I am stunned. Because I that people buy into this. And I know it's a minority of a minority of, of Americans that buys into this. But I'm not of the mindset that people are inherently stupid or that anybody is inherently stupid. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I, I think people are not stupid. I mean, I think we can you know, be intentionally stupid. I mean, I'm sure I've, I know I've done that myself at times. You know, you ever get into a fight with a friend or a partner, you know, or a spouse or a parent or a kid, you know, and you're having that heated argument, right? And at some point in the argument, you are absolutely certain. They have convinced you that you are wrong, that you are 100% wrong and you know it. And then once you figure out that you're wrong, but you're not, your ego is not ready to let go of the argument, right? Once you come to that conclusion, as an arguer, you become useless, right? You become ineffective. You start arguing dumb things with no passion. It's, there's passion there, but it's fake, right? So if, 
I can't think of an example offhand. I should have thought of one before I podcast today, but I didn't know I was going down this road. But if like your 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 arguments, you're you're now fighting, and you don't have the passion you had when you thought you were right. You don't have any common sense ground to stand on because you know you're wrong, right? And you had that five minutes ago when you were arguing passionately. So now you have, your, uh, you have no intellectual foundation for your argument and your passion is completely fraudulent. So you lose. You, you start saying the dumbest idiotic things unless you, and if you can possibly push enough buttons to get the person you're arguing with mad enough, then maybe it can just, the argument can move away from the actual thing that you're fighting about and just go to a screw you, you suck, you fuck you, you know, it could go to like name calling and maybe you could get out of it, you know, with your ego mildly intact, right? You've had, we've all had that experience. Now, some of us eventually mature, right? And we, you know, reach a point where we, we can realize it in the argument. Certainly if you're married and your marriage is going to have any sense of functionality, you have to eventually, it took me years, but you have to eventually mature into that or you, just, you can't have a functional marriage, I don't believe, but you mature and you eventually you're like, you know what, you're, you're right. You know, in the argument, you're like, you're right. I sound ridiculous now. I'm sorry, whatever, right? So, so there's that, there's that, that process, right? That, that. That happens. I, I spent so much time talking to the argument, I forgot why I even brought it up in the first place. But with the folks who are buying into this, this ridiculous argument that the Democrats are grooming children and sexualizing them, you know, with it, it, it's, it's like they're, I can't determine if. They're just having that argument, I guess, where they know they're wrong. The politicians are doing it. The Ted Cruz's of the world, you know, the Donald Trump's, although he's a he's a buffoon, but the Ted Cruz's of the world, the Ron DeSantis's of the world, they're doing it. They they know they're wrong. I'm sure of that. They know it's inappropriate. They know they're lying. But they at any cost they want to hold on to power. They have no moral compass. They're indecent human beings. Um so they'll, they, they believe that this works. They've been rewarded for behaving this way and saying these kinds of things. So their motivation is clear. It's, it's a way to hang on to power, that people will buy into it. You know? So that's, that's what drives them as far as I'm concerned. Um, but what drives the person who genuinely buys into it, the constituent? Is it that they, they know at this point that it's a ridiculous argument? And it's just an argument tied to a thousand other ridiculous, unconscionable arguments that they've been arguing since Donald Trump, you know, came down that elevator day one and referred to the Mexicans as rapists and they had to defend that. And it's just been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of ridiculous defenses leading up to this one now. And they just are having that debate that I talked about just a minute ago where they know they're wrong and they're just gonna say crazy shit to try to provoke Democrats into telling them to go fuck themselves because, and, and then have that argument, you know, because they just, they haven't matured politically or culturally to be able to admit to a mistake. Is that, is that it? Is that how they buy into this? 
nonsense or is it something else and I don't know. I don't have a lot of people, you know, listening to my podcast yet, so I highly doubt this is this question is going to get out to any of you who genuinely believe that message that message that Democrats are sexualizing children and grooming them. I don't buy with their books and their 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 um, acceptance of people who are not straight and people who are trans. Um, so I, I don't know that my message is going to get out to you, those of you who don't wouldn't like this. But if any if it does, if any of it does, if any of you hear this, please. I don't know if where you listen to your podcast, it's possible to comment. Most of us listen to our podcasts on phone, so it's not. But hit me up on Twitter. DM me, Mitch Ivan, at Mitch Ivan. The at sign, M-I-T-C-H-E-I-V-E-N. That's at M-I-T-C-H-E-I-V-E-N. And tell me why you can possibly believe this. Because I can't wrap my brain around it. I'm very active on TikTok too. That's where I have my largest following. It's at Mitch Ivan 7. That's M-I-T-C-H number 7. M-I-T-C-H 7. Come on there. Follow me. DM me. Comment on a post. But I would love to know. And those of us who sort of think the same way as me, I'm, I'm sure we would love to know because I am genuinely curious how it is that one could buy into that. And I know that's judgmental. And I, I get that that will trigger you. Um, but it's okay to be judgmental and it's okay to be triggered and because this is the only way we can understand. And if I hear somebody can give me a sensible reason why they would believe that if it were factual on this and and there were, there was, there were metrics to prove that books like to kill a mockingbird, um, or books about, you know, for small children, so that they understand, you know, their friend in class who has two moms or has two dads. If you can show me data, um, or other than just your feeling, or that Ted Cruz told you that that's, you know, that's unhealthy for your children, I would love to hear it. That's it for politics for now. I'm going to stop. This is part one. I'm going to do my fake commercial now. I do fake commercials because someday... I hope to have this podcast sponsored by places I would do real commercials for. Although if they hear my fake commercials, I think they may be less inspired, but you never know. Thank you. I recently purchased the Takia 32-ounce water bottle. I purchased the yellow one. You should buy one too, and you should buy the yellow water bottle. The Takiya water bottle keeps your water cold, although I've never put cold water in it. I always drink warm water. And it keeps your hot things hot. I've never put anything hot in there either. So I don't really know if it does either of them, but I believe them. I believe that it does. And the fact that my water bottle is a bright yellow helps me believe it more because it looks like it keeps things hot and cold, at least hot from bright yellow. Secondly, there is something absurd about spending $34.99 for a water bottle. 
that's it. Buy a Tykea water bottle. It will be worth your $34.99 if you are uncomfortable spending $34.99 on a water bottle. Might I recommend meditation, different types of altered states to help you achieve peace with the purchase. Okay, we are back. In the commercial, I did happen to talk about entering altered states so you can feel better about making purchases for things that you don't need that might cost more than they should. But there is probably a more useful function of altered states. Now, I'm not talking about altered states where you use medication to alter your state. I mean, some people are advocates of that. I don't begrudge them as long as they're not addicted. Like I know there's a lot of people who do this ayahuasca thing where they drink a tea and they go see a shaman. My brother-in-law actually did this. He went, I think, to Arizona and he did a whole weekend program where the shaman ran it and they drank the ayahuasca tea and he had a lot of breakthroughs. He told me it was really fantastic for him. I am too emotionally unstable to do something like that. I like to be in control. I don't like, I would not like, you know, consuming a drug, even if it's directly from a leaf, which I guess might make it natural and perhaps organic if there's no pesticide on it. Uh, But it's just not my cup of tea, excuse the pun. But if that's yours, so be it. Nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about altered states through things like meditation, hypnosis. It gives you a chance to change your uh, conditioned patterns of behavior. So I think I mentioned in the last episode of this podcast that I have been doing some different programs to improve myself. My wife and I are both doing them together. And I had mentioned that I had been doing a particular hypnosis program, among others. Um, It's not like a live hypnosis program, I think I'd mentioned before in the last episode. It is an on-demand program, so I'm not interacting with the teacher, uh, quote-unquote hypnotist, directly, but I'm Basically, what he does is it's called the, the, the I, I'm going through this organization called Mind Valley. My wife and I bought a membership into the self improvement organization, and you can do all these different things to help improve yourself. You can do these quests, and you know, you set your goals. I'm sure most of you have done something if you're over the age of 25, you're probably screwed up in some capacity like all the rest of us are we're all imperfect and you know we're in the age of self-help and self-enlightenment or whatever um and so i'm sure many of you have tried different things so i i'm we're doing this and i'm working to you know improve get rid of these blocks to help me generate more money and Anyway, to make a long story longer, which is what I do well, which I guess is why podcasting is good for me or bad for me, depending on how one perceives my long-windedness, um, irrespective, uh, I, I, I discovered that one of my biggest challenges, more so than money, was confidence. 
was self-confidence, where I thought I had self-confidence, where I lied to myself for decades, I have come to realize even before I did this particular hypnosis quest or program, I came to realize that I don't. I lack self-confidence, although I kind of feel like I can say, and now that I've been doing this for a couple of weeks, I feel like I used to lack self-confidence, but I am building it. So let me just tell you what 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 it's like. I, I think I explained what hypnosis was like in in the quest, like what that felt like for me. But now I want to kind of give you an idea what what actually happens in this program, like what you know what this guy actually does and 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 so far how it seems to be working or or not working for me. So basically, the program is broken into three weeks, I believe, maybe five weeks. I'm on week two, so I'm not sure. I don't pay attention that far in advance. So it's broken into a couple of weeks. And the whole purpose of the program is to help you use hypnosis and other tricks to kind of reprogram your mind, to re, um, you know, sort of refocus your subconscious uh Retrain yourself, I think, is a better word because it sounds like brainwashing when I talk about reprogramming your mind. And you know, we kind of, sort of, indirectly talked about in the in the first uh, the first part of today's podcast. So I hope I'm not engaging in any personal brainwashing. There's enough of that going around in the political space right now. But so, but the idea is to reprogram your mind because. The thinking is a lot of these behaviors, a lot of these self-depreciating behaviors basically have been learned over years, right? My wife and I, my wife is is uh, Indian, she's Hindu, I'm Jewish, and since we've been married, she's sort of opened in, in her practice of Hinduism to the extent that she bothers, uh, has been open to this concept, <coughs> excuse me, sorry about that. Um, this concept of reincarnation, <coughs> excuse me, as I'm coughing into my podcast, I don't know if it's allergies or it doesn't feel like I'm getting a cold or something. So I think maybe it's a little, maybe something allergic popped up. Maybe there's too much dust in the house. But anyway, so, you know, over the years exploring this idea of reincarnation, um, that's very, you know, that is very, that that's a big part of Hindu theology and Indian culture, I, I, I kind of buy into it now. I, I do believe in it. So, and, and how that relates to what I'm talking about now is I think that um, not only do I have blocks and mindsets that have been created through over decades of life, friends, parents, media, whatever, you know, different ideas that just don't serve me. I tend to believe that there might be stuff from previous lives that come over. There's a whole discussion about karma and previous lives that we can have on another day, but that's a whole other podcast topic to to talk about to, to the extent that I'm capable of both understanding it and and, and sharing about it. Uh, but but so I I you know so I feel like some of these blocks that I have are are the result of you know years of conditioning and and that can take a little bit of time to shift. And I feel my total lack of self-confidence, which is also one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast like this. It's not polished. It's choppy. It's messy. 
I, I, I don't like that. I like things that are polished. They make me feel comfortable and safe and not judged and not like I suck. So doing this podcast, even if it never becomes anything in terms of um, big, uh, it's, 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 it's an exercise in, in, in self-improvement for me um, to practice in that. But irrespective, so that's the, 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 the purpose of this hypnosis program is to re sort of reprogram those neural pathways so basically what the and i can't think of his name which is pathetic but um what he does is first you get like this eight or ten minute discussion where he talks about the mind and your mind and different um different topics associated with a lack of self-confidence uh one of the big ones, you know, in the first episode that really struck me was this idea that he actually said in the 70s. I thought it was the 80s, but I was a young kid in the 70s. So, you know, he probably knows, sure he knows better than I do. But back in the 70s, there was, there was this idea, fake it till you make it. The idea was if you're, you know, if you're trying to make it in the world or you want to do something extraordinary, whether it's in corporate America or wherever, you fake it till you make it. And then eventually the idea was if you pretend to be this uber success, dress for success, you know, all that bullshit. If you pretend to do all that, eventually it'll happen in real life. In it's sort of, I guess, in a way, visualizing and acting out. And I guess there's a value to that because it's worked for a lot of people. But his point was, it's also uh, that that sort of thing also promotes, um, effectively promotes um, a lack of self-confidence because you're trying to be something you're not, you're just denying your authentic self. Hang up, somebody's at the door, I'll be back. Hold that thought. Sorry about that interruption, that was actually my parents at the door. I didn't need to actually let them in, they have a key, they can come whenever they feel like it, but I was also recording downstairs and I in my living room and I just felt it would be weird to continue to record my podcast with them sitting right there, it just felt too weird, so I had to you know, get them in the house and then come back and, and finish up. So, you know, basically I was talking about this fake it, you know, the, the teacher was discussing this fake it till you make it concept and how it's actually, how it actually promotes poor self-esteem, um, no self-confidence because you're trying to pretend something, trying to be something that you're not, right? And what you're not has got to suck. So in the in that particular Lesson. He talked about different ways that you can um, promote your self-esteem by discovering your authentic self and who you really are, making the argument that who you are, your truth, whatever that may be, when you can figure that out and find it, your truth will be more valuable to people, to yourself, first of all, and then to the world, whether that be... Um, financially for, you know, beneficial to you or just satisfying to those who interact with your, um, you know, with your authentic self, whatever the case may be, your authentic self will, will provide you with a better quality of life than your fake it till you make itself, right? So he goes through that whole process and then you go into the meditation or to the hypnosis, which is about a 26-minute um, 
experience. And if you're curious what the hypnosis is, I think in the last episode of the previous one, I really kind of taught, went deeply into what my experience was. Now, just to give you one more example of something that comes up in the lesson, right? In the last lesson, he had showed us a very interesting exercise. Basically, he was saying, let's say you have, you do this technique where you hold your hands out in front of you, right? And let's say you have something that you feel very strongly about, very, you're, you want to make a move, I don't know, you want to do something to better your life, uh, you want to make more money, right, whatever, the money happens to be a topic that all of us are interested in, so you imagine, I'm going to make more money, and you put that in, you hold your hand out in front of you, and you put that in your right hand, then in your left hand, you put your fear of change, right, or whatever it is that's negative, so it might be in your left hand, but I never make enough money, I never get tens of checks for tens of thousands of dollars. I'm not worth it, whatever it is, right? So he argues that you have these two competing beliefs that in the end provide you nothing, right? So he says, you know, first of all, pay attention to your right hand, connect with it, really feel the feelings. So you connect with your right hand and you really feel these feelings of how receiving earning, whatever the case may be, a lot more money may improve the quality of your life and the lives of the people around you. It feels great, right? Then he says, all right, now focus on your left hand and pay attention to, you know, to this feeling in your left hand, which he gives validity to, right? And so you're listening to your left hand and your left hand saying you you suck. And if you make a lot of money, you're going to be an asshole because rich people are assholes and nobody's going to like you. And I'm, I'm just sharing some of my shit with you. You probably have your own shit. But for the sake of this discussion, these are the things that went through my mind. He said, then after you have that experience, you close your eyes when you're doing that. Then you open your eyes and you put the two hands together, still away from you a little bit. And then you let, you don't interfere. You let these two competing um experiences, thoughts, intentions, you let them compete with each other, talk to each other, interact with each other in between your closed hands and you wait till they come to a consensus where they can work together. And you'll kind of feel a click, you'll feel a shift. And I'm, maybe it's my own bullshit, maybe I'm tricking my brain, maybe I just want it to work, I don't, but it worked for me. I mean, you put your, I put my hands together, and I felt, eventually, it took a little while, but I felt a click of sorts for me. Now, he said it was a click, and he's a freaking hypnotist, so maybe he hypnotized me to believe it's a click. I don't care. And the point is, I felt it. And, and then the argument, or the argument, then what he says is you bring your, then your hands up closer to your body, you know, and you integrate this now cooperative, these two once competing but not cooperative feelings into your heart, into your chakras, if you believe in those, into whatever. And then you subsequently, at the end of it, do a hypnosis to, to solidify that. Now, what I like about this, what's different than anything else I've done before, is he's giving validity. He helps you validate the feelings that might be strong, that are bad for you, Right? that you always want to get rid of, but they never go away. Like that negative idea that I have about, 
you know, rich people are assholes and I don't want to be an asshole if I get rich and whatever else. As much as I have done self-help, whatever, to try to get that out of my brain, it's always there. Well, this is the first time I ever tried something where I merged that. Instead of trying to get rid of that belief, I merged it with the other belief of the honest understanding that having more money can really improve the quality of my life exponentially and it would be wonderful. And they can find a way to work together. And look, it's not rocket science. Like it's, I, you know, but I just was able to internalize, for example, this idea that, hey, I can generate tons of money and I can just choose not to be an asshole. But the fact that I have this, um, this mindset of that you money can, if you're an asshole, money will magnify that. So, you know, that I could be a bigger asshole than I already am if I have money, then that's good for me because that will keep me aware of that. And as I continue to generate more money, I will be conscious of the fact that I don't want to turn into a shithead. Um, I want to be actually better, you know, than I am before. So, I found that that's the kind of stuff that I'm experiencing. And then you do the hypnosis to, again, solidify this and also help you change. And that's, I I really am enjoying this. And I I do feel, you know, I I do feel like six days in, I I do feel like it's, it's effective. I mean, I'll let you know, I haven't received any more money yet, but I'm doing it, but my self-confidence is better. I mean, I, I can hear it when I'm doing the podcast itself because I'm very insecure um, when I'm just coming on on, on here unscripted. And I, 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 can, I can feel that difference. So that's helpful. So that is it for today. Uh, that is our episode for today. Thank you for stopping by. I love you. I appreciate you. Um, there will be another episode every Tuesday afternoon at whatever time. Um, I record and publish one of these. Thank you so much. Have a good week.